It all starts as simple as perfecting your task that makes you the most money right now. It makes sense, okay, to make it, to streamline it better. Move on to the next one. This video is brought to you by Flipster, the software that gives you instant access to every motivated seller lead in the country, including MLS leads, absentee owners, pre-foreclosures, vacant houses, Craigslist leads, and REOs. Check it out now at getflipster.com. Sal, thanks for taking time to sit down and do this interview with me. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because you are really good at being that integrator part of the business. And we're going to talk about what that means and why that's so significant. But you're part of uh, Carlos Reyes and, and Alex Sanchez. You guys have built this all-in nation umbrella business. I think Carlos told me, what, what are you guys up to? 20 different businesses you guys do? We're at 31 okay, at some 30. point. But uh, <laughs> we actually consolidate some. And, and I, I want to do less. I want to focus on less doors consolidate, uh, exit some of them externally or internally so we can focus on the core. Yeah. Many of those are real estate deal businesses related. Some of those are, are ancillary type of things like your cold calling company and different things that are related to the real estate industry. But it's just phenomenal to see this empire you guys are building. And, you know, most people that are watching this right now, Sal, they're like, man, I'm just trying to get my first deal. And I remember that place or, man, I'm hustling to like grow my company. And for many years, you're either in that, like trying to get the thing started or trying to get the thing launched or trying to get the thing to that next level. And when I talk to you, it's really fun because you're like the geek, the nerd that like wants to look at all the numbers and, and all the systems and processes. But that, that role is absolutely critical to grow any business. Absolutely. So what I want to do, Sal, is I want to talk about specific to wholesaling, since most of our audience watching this is going to be wholesalers and flippers, but for you to help people kind of see what this needs to look like, this roadmap, first of all, why is it so important and how do people who are maybe still working on that first deal, how should they be looking at the business so that they can eventually reach the ultimate goal that they went into the business, which is time freedom and yep. financial freedom, yep. which is so hard to do because we can get sucked in and get stuck. You told me before we turned this on that a lot of people just get stuck in that hustle mode. And they may, they may improve their income, but they keep hustling and they never get out of that hustle mode and they miss the lifestyle part. hundred percent. It will be too late by then. By and the it's too late by then. Out. Yeah. So we'll let's talk to- about that. What does that look like? So a lot of us start the business and, and to the audience that's listening, I assume that the first deal, very hard to, like, that's a really tough time. Like sometimes it takes a year, six months, whatever that may be to get the first deal. And it's very discouraging. So I understand how hard it is. And when you get that first deal, like this is a proof of concept. Like proof I made concept. it. This is it. This yeah. is all I need. And now everything I touch turns to gold. <laughs> and, and you know what? It probably very well be the truth. You know, everything yeah. you touch turns to gold because you're in hustler mode. Like when you're a hustler, you're gonna make it however you can. And you've been there when you had your first mm-hmm. deal, right? You felt like you had a, you had this power of knowledge that no one else does, right? Like or v- like a fraction of a percent that knows about this, right? Or and this motivation and drive. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you start to grow and obviously you start make one deal becomes two, three, four, five, six per year, whatever, 10, 20. And then obviously there's a limited time. Now you're the hustler. You're the only hustler. You need to grow. So what do you do? You go find somebody, your homie, your friend, whatever you want to call them, right? You don't find, you don't bring somebody from outside in to bring you advice. You, you bring from someone from your circle. Yeah. And yes, it's, it's cool to do that at first, but then we do more and we do more. We add more, we add more. And then before we know it, we have, we have a business that there's a bunch of people 
they're doing whatever they can, something, yeah. something based on what you told them is right, and they figure out some things along the way. And then you have just a lot of people, a lot of overhead. It's a very expensive business when you grow. It's a very expensive business, yeah. but it's a very lucrative business at the same time if you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And I find that this is this is business suicide if we keep doing this. Yeah. Like you, you, you're in the hustler mode for a certain time. Obviously, get it however you can in the hustler mode. Then you need to be the business owner. Then you need to become the CEO. So there's levels, right? You want to transition. So there's a place for the hustle. Yes. But what you're saying here is you're saying you've got to start to think about how to structure your business in a way that will pull you out of the hustler and put you more into business owner, CEO. orchestrator. Yeah, CEO. CEO. Yeah. yeah, you guys, Carlos calls it the C-level people. Yeah. yeah and I never heard, heard the C-suite. Yeah, which yeah. is really cool for me to hear that. But like people need to be really aware of this, especially early on. Because it takes a certain level of leadership and vision to put that framework in place. Yes, absolutely. And you have a formula. Like, that's why you have 31 businesses or whatever, is because you've developed a framework where you guys can say, hey, we're ready for business 32, (laughs) and we can actually bring this online very efficiently because we have a framework. Six weeks, bring on a new business. New business to be fully launched with all departments firing in all cylinders six weeks. That's insane. I mean, it's just incredible, Sal. It's really Thank cool. Thank you. By the way, I'm not a smart guy. It's just from <laughs> trial and error. Uh, from trial and error and, and just falling That's encouraging too because I'm forward. not a smart guy either. So I love that you say that. I think you're a genius, to be honest. You're just a humble um, humble giant. Um, it, for me, it's, it's always been like this. So um, envision it, build it, systemize it. This is a huge one. Systemize uh-huh. it. Then you can delegate it okay. and then rinse and repeat. If you don't systemize it, you can never delegate. So break, the, is that was five? Break those down again. The first so one. Envision it. Okay, so envision it. Let's talk about that. I mean, obviously you have to have a product or service that the market wants. Correct. So when you envision something, like I like, because I, I consider myself a long-term visionary, right? Okay. Because I like to think of things, how they can, when I enter a company or I want to start a company, I think how I'm going to exit it. Like I build it to exit, whether internally or externally. Externally okay. is when I sell out. Sell internally, it. when I give it to an entire team to run it for me, and I can just give my input when needed or not, not even an input. It just runs by itself. Okay. So, so envision it with an exit. Envision it with an okay. exit. Correct. Two. Build it. Build it. So that's putting people. So this, this is actually doing, and that's probably the trickiest part when it comes to people. That's when the people get stuck in the, in the, in the hustler mode. So yeah. when you envision, you say, I want to be the biggest, baddest wholesaler. Uh-huh. Right? So what do you do now? Now you start building your company. Like it's based on you. You're going to, you're going to get contracts. You're going to mm-hmm. send mailers. You're going to call, call. You're going to do, do it all. Right? And then we get stuck in this hustler mode. That we don't, we forget that we need to systemize our business so we can delegate to other people. So what do we do? We don't systemize it, we just delegate. Oh, we skip that step. And what I mean by systemize, I don't just mean by a software or anything. Yeah. I'm talking about having departments. Our, com- our All our companies have the same departments. We have the admin department, we have the finance department, we have the sales department, we have the marketing department, and we have the support department. They don't, yeah. n- nothing gets skipped from that for every company. Yeah. So you're, because those are all com- the functions to run a successful company. Absolutely. So every business that you're going to think about, you're going to need to all systemize yeah. it based on those departments. Obviously, you're going to need softwares to run that, you know, tools, that, the, yeah. tools to, to have with that. But mainly you need, a, you need a sales team, whether it's acquisition or disposition. Let's relay that to real estate. Real estate. Marketing, obviously, could be cold calling, could be mailers, could be PPC, could be RVM, whatever that is, right? That's a component. Finance department, it's huge. If you don't know your finances, 
you really part of your knowing your numbers a lot of it has to do with finance obviously that's just the surface level then you can get very granular with kpis yeah. support team what's a support team well you got your crews you got your your transaction coordinators you have so many in that support team right yeah so everything plugs into a department that's part of the systemization so when i delegate i'm not delegating to the friends yeah. that, that that i bring I'm delegating to a department and that departments will have the people in them. Yeah, they can be some friends, that's fine. Yeah. But the department is gonna have a certain certain functionalities that we need to need to, to fire. And they're, and they're clear about their role, they're clear about what they do, Correct. how they fit into the big picture. Correct. So that's very, that's very fascinating, I love this. So let me make sure I'm grasping this uh, in you as well. After you envision it, you've got to systematize it before delegating it because yes. you can't- you build it yourself. Uh, build it, that's so, right, build it. Yeah, because you someone's got to create this so thing. So every and position out. that I've ever delegated, I've played a role in. We we own a software company, and I was in that in that in every part of that company for eight months, building, building it. But guess what? I played support. Yeah, yeah. I played. I did everything because I ha- it was something unique. But if I if I'm today, I'm I would think I'm smarter than than yeah. where I was when I first started that company. I would have done, I would hire some people smarter than me to not having to figure everything out. So I don't waste eight months. I would waste maybe a month. Yeah, but, but that's I the build-up phase. Yes, absolutely. You're like, you put yourself in some positions where when you hire somebody, they're going to ask you some questions you don't know about. So I like to put myself in positions where I've, de- I've dealt with most scenarios. Mm-hmm. When I hire somebody, because before I hire people, the part of the systemization I have in those departments that I build, I have SOPs, I have videos like screen recording, looms yeah. or whatever. So SOPs are standard operating procedures. Correct. KPIs are key performance indicators. Correct. And yeah, these are I your measurement add, tools. Yes, I have the. So sometimes I delay the KPIs because I don't know where it's going to reach to, but I'll just have some basic KPIs just to know that I need a pulse on the business. And then the videos and the SOPs support all that. Yeah. So when I plug somebody in, I, I don't have to, to, to be there 100% of the time because we all know training somebody when, when you don't have training curriculum or SOPs or videos or any of that, you regret hiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you hired somebody that's not doing well, what happens? You, you're like, I, I don't want to fire them because I have to train somebody. I have to take myself away from that because I delegate. I thought I delegated this. Now I'm paying attention to, to task B, but now task B is going to suffer because I have to find a replacement for task A. And guess what? That replacement is my time away from task B to yeah. train this person. And I don't want to do that again. So sometimes we, we create our own suffering because we didn't, we didn't do it right the first time. When you train that person, you don't have to have a curriculum. When you train that person, just document it. Yeah, document. So if they quit or if they say, you know what, Sal, I don't, I don't think uh, you're paying me enough. I need to, I need you to pay me uh, a quarter million dollars now because I see people on Instagram making that nowadays. So, <laughs> and you'll be like, uh, I can't fire you, so I'm going to pay you that. Or if you're, if you have, if you have the resources that you can replace them with training, curriculum, bye. Yeah, let's bring somebody else. They in. They can't hold you hostage in your own Correct. company. I've been there. Yeah, I have too. In fact, I have, uh, you probably do this too, but we have our team, even at the lower levels, like our customer service, for example, and part of their job is they have to improve on our SOPs because they're in the trenches more than you are now. Absolutely. So they're updating the curriculum as and they go. And they'll do a way better job than how we did it. Because they're talking they're, to the 100% people, right? of their time is going to yeah. it. Yeah. And so they're, in a way, they don't really see it this way because it's improving their job, but in a way... They're creating a better SOP for the day when they may quit. Yep. And that new person comes in and they can step in and here's the owner's manual to your job. 
Absolutely. And they helped create that because they're the ones doing it day in and day out. It's a win-win situation yeah. for the business owner, no matter what, no matter how you picture, you, yeah. you, you design it. Okay. So envision it, build it. That's where you might as the entrepreneur be in a hustle mode, but then stepping out of hustle mode is then when you create the systems, yeah, processes, and systems. processes and systems. And then, and then that fourth one would be the delegation. That's bringing those right putting the right butts in the right seats now. Correct. Now you're bringing the right people because you might have had wrong people with the hustler phase that you might have, they exit it or that you move them to that. But now at least you have a better picture where you can work on the business versus you being in the business. Now you get to, to know exactly what pieces to move next. Yeah, because you've built it the right way. Correct. And rinse and repeat, but part of rinse yeah. and repeating, whether it's a new business or how you improve. That's the, the you fifth just step, rinse and Correct. repeat. Rinse and repeat meaning... Uh, you could open a new market if you're wholesaling Correct. and set the thing up or, uh, you know, a whole new business, maybe whatever. Or, or just to improve the same business. Exactly. Like yeah. you, you just, you just have the people rinse and repeat your same model, but it's better now. Now the associates that you hire, they become managers. Now they have associates under them and it just grows as, you know, and they become directors. So what would you say, let's take wholesaling specific. Um, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up our, our video here, but, uh, a wholesaler who's the one person show right now. Mm-hmm. And they're doing acquisitions, dispositions, you know, maybe they're at that like one to three deal level. And they're like, man, I know I need to hire. What's the first hire that you would recommend? I always say this. I always get asked this question. Great question, by the way. I think an acquisition manager is the first hire that you need to hire because that is the money. To me, I look at money making activities. Like I focus on money making activities in any business that I jump into. And that's the highest one. That is because you need to think about Without money coming in, you can't really, there is no disposition. There is no other, there's no (laughs) transaction. So who cares about that? So let's focus on this. This is going to allow you to, to dedicate extra time to build those departments, right? So if you don't have, if if you're barely making it month by month, how are you going to dedicate time to, to systemize it and build those SOPs, right? You need to have some clear mind. You need to have some funds to hire people. So I think the money making activity starts with an acquisition. So when you say acquisitions, that's someone that's going to take the sales part and close on the sales. Yeah. And if you're not good in acquisitions, hire somebody, please, right. right now. And if you think you're, you could be a great acquisitions, then sharpen your acquisition skills by training, become a better closer. And, and, and then when, when you have enough money, you can hire somebody else and replace. And then you can take on the next task, which is disposition and transaction coordination. Then when you have enough money, then delegate that to somebody else. See, like you can, you can literally do a job. Exit it, delegate it, do another one, yeah. delegate it, and it just works like that. Then you move to the bigger stuff. You move to luxury flipping or, or multifamily or commercial or whatever that may be. But it all starts as simple as perfecting your task that makes you the most money right now. It makes sense, okay, to make it, to streamline it better. Move on to the next one. But some people get stuck. I just met with somebody that he has 11 acquisition people in the company and they're all making 20%. And I'm like, you need to have a sustainable business model. Yeah. He's like, oh, you'll see how, I'm like, I'm, I'm not against you, I'm here to help yeah. you. <laughs> you need, you don't have a disposition department, you're doing this, like you need to, there is steps to that because yeah. guess what, if you're, if you're dispositioning a deal that you're losing 10 grand average per deal uh-huh. because you didn't perfect your disposition process. You're out of business real quick. <laughs> you are, right? So yeah. you need to understand that you have to better every single department because they all feed each other at the end of the day. It becomes this conveyor belt that always continues to give. It's, a, it's an ecosystem. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, uh, talking with Carlos, um, he said the same thing. Acquisitions is, is huge for like that first hire. And he also was very much a proponent of um, a cold calling team, yep. cold callers. Yes. And I, I told him, and I tell my audience this, 
I agree. Like if you look at all the different marketing channels, I don't think you get a bigger bang for your buck than a cold caller. Oh my God. Right. Nowadays, it's a live person a calling. Caller. Yeah. It, 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 it just creates that, that uh, connection that people don't have. I get it that PPC is obviously good. And text blasting uh, yeah, and all text these text. other direct mail, those things it work. Is. But the, the, the human interaction, I feel like that's never going to go away. That's why it's one of the oldest marketing channels out there. And, and it'll still never go away. It, I don't think it will. No. Yeah. It'll Absolutely. never go away because people want to talk to somebody often about it. Right? Some sellers love to talk to and then we, yeah. you just have the right person to listen. Then now you made a $100,000 deal before you know it. Yeah. In fact, um, we'll put a link below, but you guys have a cold calling service. If you guys are looking for some cold callers, we'll, we'll offer that out to if you're listening right now. But guys, uh, you know, finding that right sales guy uh, for your acquisitions manager getting some cold callers. These are some things that you probably, you think maybe you're not ready for, or like it's going to be really expensive. You can pay that acquisitions guy on commission. Those cold callers are very inexpensive, relatively speaking, compared to like a lot of other things you're doing. And next thing you know, you can jump from the like onesie twosie to the four or five deals a month pretty quickly. Actually, there's even a better one now. What's that? The virtual model that we jumped into. And I don't want to take away too much time, but uh, whenever you have time in the yeah. future to uh, uh, to discuss that, I'm sure you you you're doing it. I'm doing a lot of virtual. Yeah, virtual. We have virtual acquisitions now, saving a ton of money. We don't have to pay no offices. Tons of commi- no, yeah. no, ton of commissions. Offices dealing with the W two, dealing with everything. Yeah. Literally, it's virtual acquisition managers now are crushing it, and they're working on holidays. Like, hey, I know it's, it's Thanksgiving, but can we work? Heck yeah, we'll work. Please go work. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, so I just wanted to throw that in. So don't feel like you're stuck to hiring people at an office here. Your your business model is no offices. Yeah, no offices. Love it. And I want to throw that in because if you are afraid to have an office and that commitment, you don't have to have that anymore. This is 2022 is is leading to that. Isn't that amazing? Incredible. Yeah. Well, Sal, I love what you're doing with your different businesses, and man, that mindset is huge. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of those five steps. You know, it's interesting because I look at people who get in the business, and I would say. 80 to 90% Sal, never break out of that subcontractor, self-employed, yep. right? They never break out of that hustle, do it all yourself. Yep. Yep. Um, and very few transition into business owner. And a business owner, if you do it right, it should free you from the business, yep. right? It should free you from you needing to make all these decisions and run everything and do everything. And yet you own that, you own that machine that's bringing you income and that's a beautiful thing. And that's ultimately what we're all after, isn't it? Time freedom. Absolutely. Time freedom. We started for that, but we forget along we the forget way. We forget along just, the way. We just get stuck. We're addicted to the hustler mode, I guess. Some yeah. of us, we just don't well, want to. you create exit. habits and then you get stuck in those habits. Absolutely. I did for many years where it took a lot of effort for me to transition away from that hustle mindset and say no, right? It, it, it is a challenge, but yeah. how beautiful is it today? It's amazing. Like I don't, I don't overwork. I really get to focus on the other things in my life that I really value, like my relationships and my health and my spirituality and these other things. And, you know, living in Puerto Rico and big family, it's for me, it's been just transformational to transition out of hustle, hustle, hustle to build a team and systems. Now your purpose that you started with is actually there. Now you're, now you're living that purpose. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's awesome. Well, thank you, Sal, guys. Hope you got a lot out of this. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll see you on the next video.